Record high inflation, economic collapse, pro-abortion domestic terrorists, firebombing pregnancy centers, our food plants mysteriously burning up. The controlled collapse is here, and things are so bad that even CNN can't even hide it. Oh yeah, and to top it all off, Twitter has banned me for the third time after I broke national news. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And special thanks to each and every single one of my friends, supporters, anyone who shared my Twitter campaigns trying to show Elon Musk and Twitter as a whole their hypocrisy and their baseless banning of myself, an independent journalist who has been trying to get you guys the best independent reporting possible. So I just want to start off the show with a big thank you to everyone because there are so many people from Blaze, Daily Wire, uh, Rebel News, Infowars who helped me out, who shared my message, and who made sure that we made a big splash after Twitter banned me for the third time. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. Of course, we have a lot in store for you guys today. Before we get into the news, please remember that you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, anywhere podcasts are streamed. Please go leave a five-star review if you like the show on Apple Podcasts as it helps us grow in the charts and it helps other people find the show. Please also remember to go to savsaysofficial.com where you can always find all of my work and go follow me on Truth Social at SavSays. Now, you guys know I usually try not to plug too much at the beginning of the show. However, Twitter has banned me for the third time. Last week, I went and I asked Black Americans, hey, how is uh, Joe Biden's economy? He's saying that it's great. He's saying that we have a record a record fast recovery, that we have the uh, biggest amount of savings in Americans' bank accounts, that Americans are feeling more financially comfortable than ever before. Is that true? Of course, that clip went viral because the average American immediately debunked everything that the media was saying to us. And then I went to Pride DC, where multiple clips went viral of me talking to people there, asking them about their pronouns. I met an it and even an I don't know. Uh, apparently that was too controversial for Twitter and they had to take that down. I also took probably one of the most viral clips um, from Pride DC, of a transgender person with breasts out naked twerking in front of children. So it was an insane week last week. I apologize that you guys haven't heard from me, but as soon as I got home, I was going to do the show for you. And then I woke up and my entire Twitter account was gone again for the third time. So I put out a two minute statement. You can find it on my YouTube channel and all of my friends on Twitter shared it. And um, it went very viral. I think we got 1.5 million impressions and views across the board. So big thanks to everybody for helping me with that campaign and helping me try to hold Twitter responsible. Now, Elon Musk met with Twitter because he's still looking forward to buying the platform. So um, maybe I have a little tiny bit of hope that maybe I can get my career back that Twitter employees deleted. Now, enough about me. There are way more important things going on in the world with inflation rates, the economy, again, pregnancy centers being firebombed. We have a lot to get into. So without further ado, let's jump into the news. Now, I wanted to start off with kind of a funny tweet because we are going to be getting into a lot of heavy subjects here. The economic state of America isn't doing too great right now. Our grocery stores are still empty. We are still dealing with a baby formula shortage. And of course, the entire Biden administration continues to boldface lie to us about it because nobody holds them accountable. Dr. Fauci still boldface lies to us in the modern day. Was he ever held accountable for any of his COVID crimes? No. Will he ever be? Probably not because we have soft people in office 
office and in politics that never really want to hold anybody's feet to the fire. So I have some memes interspersed into today's news to kind of lighten the mood. And I wanted to start off with this one because guess what, my friends? Yes, we already sent $40 billion to Ukraine, but we're sending a billion more because they ran out of ammo already. I don't know. I, I'm baffled as to why we're sending another billion to Ukraine when we are struggling financially. We are struggling in every way, shape, or form that we can here at home in America. But for some reason, we have, per the Washington AP, U.S. officials saying that the Biden administration is set to announce $1 billion in new military aid to Ukraine. And then we had a member of uh, what a lot of people call Black Twitter I guess, respond to this. Maybe he isn't even a part of Black Twitter. It was just a funny guy. He goes, this N-word Biden is a deadbeat. Imagine watching your people starve at home and your cash app and your side joint. So I just thought that was funny. And I need the comedy to cut through the intense black pill that we are most likely all going to feel after this show today. Because let me just quickly fire through what is going on in modern day America. Let's start off with the stock market that has lost $11 trillion. The national debt has increased by $3 trillion. The average gas price is $5 a gallon. This is Joe Biden's America. From CNBC, Dow sinks 700 points, dropping back below 30,000 to the lowest level in more than a year. I like the gateway pundits version of this headline better. Um, it dropped to the lowest level since Joe Biden has taken office. Again, the Joe Dow, uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average on Thursday tumbled below the key 30,000 level for the first time since January 2021, as investors worried the Federal Reserve's aggressive approach toward curbing inflation would bring the economy into a recession. Per the Gateway Pundit, again, that was their headline um, that I liked. Stock market dips below 30,000 for first time since Joe Biden's first day in office. All gains are erased. From Benny Johnson, the Federal Reserve announces a 0.75% interest rate rate hike, the highest in 28 years. From Yahoo Finance, Wall Street sounds a louder recession call after Fed rate hike. Analysts increasingly see a recession looming in the U.S. following the Federal Reserve's biggest increase in interest rates since 1994 and signs of weaker consumer spending. From Zero Hedge, U.S. housing starts Permits collapse in May amid surging layoffs in the real estate market, slumping home builder sentiment, soaring rates, and plunging mortgage applications. It is no surprise that analysts expect a drop in housing starts and permits in May. So um, just a little bit of an idea of what is happening in the market right now. Again, I'm not an economist. I'm not a pro at this. So I have researched very in-depth what economists and people who have been watching the market and understand what is currently going on have been saying. We're going to talk about what this all means for you, what this means for all of us in the future. Uh, and most importantly, you know, our politicians are utilizing their time, energy, and resources into making sure that we fix these problems ASAP. Just kidding, guys. I'm joking with you. What do you think the government cares about you and is trying to make America better? I wish we did have a man in office who, you know, once said, make America great again. Um, and then he left office and now America is in the absolute worst state of decay it could possibly be in. I think the House Judiciary GOP puts it best. They say normal Americans, hey, um, we just want cheap gas. Democrats can't help you there, but have you heard about the January 6th committee? Normal Americans don't care. Where's the baby formula? Democrats, January 6th. 
And that is what a big subset of our political party right now and our Congress is focused in on, is January 6th. These sham hearings, we are wasting time, energy, and resources holding these show trials while America burns, while America degrades. Now, things are getting so bad that even CNN can't hide it anymore. Now, I'm sure you guys have seen a lot of these clips already. They've been out over the past couple of days. But because I'm only able to do this show for you once a week now, I kind of give you guys a large recap of everything that has been going on. So, again, I'm not going to tell you how bad the economy currently is. I'm going to let CNN tell you. Yes, CNN, the same media company that was complicit into lying Joe Biden into office, is now backtracking and complaining about the same president that they were holding up and idolizing as the only savior for America. Let's listen. Put the, this inflation in, in context. How bad is the surge in prices? Uh, it's awful. I mean, it's awful. And how people feel about it is even worse. You know, you look at the consumer sentiment right now. And what do you see? This is the worst consumer sentiment ever measured by the University of Michigan, going all the way back since 1952. Wow. Uh, it, you basically, even if you double my age, that doesn't get you back to 1952. And while I'm young, I'm not that young, right? Uh, the second worst, 1980. The third worst, 1980. I don't have to remind you, inflation got Jimmy Carter. It killed that presidency. And in terms of why are consumers feeling this bad? Well, it's pretty clear why they're feeling this bad. And that is because the consumer price index is the worst it's ever been in a midterm cycle since 74. It's the worst it's been in any uh, presidential cycle or midterm cycle since 1980. So it's not much of a surprise. You can see it. It's literally off the charts on the table on your screen. And how does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. I mean, that, 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 I knew that was the answer. The but. answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point in his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. It's over 70 percent. So there's Joe Biden's approval rating or disapproval rating, if you will. Uh, even CNN is just boldface saying, yeah, this is pretty awful. Uh, we're not even going to try to defend this guy. And it's so funny to me because we also have AOC who doesn't want to endorse Joe Biden in 2024. We'll play that clip a little bit later. We have CNN backtracking and saying, yeah, things are looking pretty bad. And then you have celebrities like Cardi B that are like, when are they going to announce that we in a recession? Yeah. You guys did this. It's because of your lies. It is because of your push to have Joe Biden in office because you hated Donald Trump so much that our entire country is in a state of decay. I hope you're happy because you got exactly what you wanted and you are to blame for this. CNN, Cardi B, AOC, every single Democrat politician and even Republican who denounced Trump and said he was the worst thing to ever happen to America. Look at where we are currently at and tell me that again. Tell me to my face. I guarantee you if I go out in the streets, wait a minute, I have because I actually go out on the streets of America and do real journalism. And um, even Joe Biden supporters are like, uh, yeah, I might have messed up a little bit. They're fully aware of what Democrat rule looks like. And this is the first time I paid attention to politics during a Democratic presidency under Donald Trump is when I first got my introduction into politics, into my career. And um, this is also the first time that I'm paying bills under a Democratic presidency. And Many people like myself probably 
don't understand uh, economically, you know, all of the nuts and bolts and all of the like the minutia of things. Right. But from a very common sense standpoint, everyone feels the pinch in their wallet. Everybody sees the rising gas prices. Everybody knows that we printed trillions of dollars during covid. So, of course, our inflation rates were off the chain. I mean, this is very common sense stuff and it doesn't take a wizard. It doesn't take freaking Doogie Hauser to understand these things. So. We all see what's going on, but the Biden administration continues to boldface lie to us. Jen Psaki stepped down as press secretary because she was like, you know what? I don't get paid enough to lie this much. I'm out. I, I just can't do this anymore. And then they brought in um, Karine Jean-Pierre, who is, and again, we just dealt with Jen Psaki, but verifiably one of the worst press secretaries I have ever seen. Um, there's your diversity hire. Good job. Uh, she's horrible. I didn't pull in this clip for the show today, but even last week, this clip is so incredible. I'm so sad I don't have it to play for you guys. But a reporter's asking her, I believe, about the baby formula shortage. And I kid you not, 20 seconds of deadpan silence of her flipping through her notebook because she had absolutely no idea what to say. She is not qualified for this position. And I will go ahead and let her speak for herself. This is Peter Ducey asking... Um, Karine Jean-Pierre, about inflation rates, about the economy, about the gas prices. Listen to how she handles this. She can't. Pardon. Why is the president saying <laughs> that inflation is worse everywhere but here? Uh, because what we have seen uh, across the globe, first of all, inflation is a global challenge, as we have said. Uh, it is uh, it is it is. It is caused by uh, uh, clearly um, the pandemic, this once in a generation pandemic that we are coming out of. And also, uh, most recently, uh, the war that uh, that Putin started in Ukraine that has caused inflation as we look at food and as we look at gas prices. So if you look at globally other countries um, and if you look at where we are economically, when you think about the Group 7, the G7, uh, we are in a much stronger place than we are economically than, than the rest. And, and I also... Did, I did yep. look globally, though. He says that inflation is worse everywhere but here. That's not true. The U.S. has worse inflation than Germany, France, Japan, Canada, India, Italy, Saudi Arabia. Well, so why is he saying that? I think we, what we are saying is that... Uh, when you talk about inflation, it is a global thing. And it is not just about the United States. This is something that everyone is feeling because of coming out of a once-in-a-lifetime once pandemic, because of the war that Russia has started in Ukraine. Okay, if I hear Putin or Russia and this war in Ukraine blamed for what is currently going on in America one more time, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I am so tired of our politicians, our media members, boldface lying to us and trying to be like, oh, well, this is because of Putin. It's because of Russia. And I think that Russia is just colluding to destroy America. And I mean, for the first time ever, America got the majority of our food supply from Russia all of a sudden. And that's why we don't have food over here. And also, um, apparently, we also got um, the majority of our oil and gas from Russia. Um and, you know, the reasons why the rates were so low under Donald Trump was because they were like buddies in crime and because 
you know, Joe Biden is holding Putin's feet to the fire and pushing back to stand up for Ukraine. Like we have, we just have to suffer through that. No, no, I'm tired of the lies. That is not what is happening right now. This is not Putin's fault. The inflation rates, the economy, the empty grocery store shelves, the baby formula crisis, the fact that our food plants are burning down, the fact that 10,000 cattle mysteriously died in a heat wave in Kansas. We'll get to that a little bit later. None of that is Putin's fault. Okay. And I am so tired of our media bold face lying to us about it. I'm going to explain to you guys why too, because unlike the media, I don't just tell you something and then graze over it and not explain these things further for you. I researched this show for you for hours today because I wanted to make sure that everybody that is watching fully understands and is aware about how this is not Russia's fault in any way, shape or form, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and again, uh, Jean-Pierre is so horrible that they had to have John Kirby come and join her uh, for the first time in the White House briefing room. Um, so there she is with her adult babysitter, essentially, because she can't hold her own in these press conferences. We've seen that time and time again. This picture came out yesterday. Ay, ay, ay. So um, th that's what we're dealing with right now. Now, we have uh, Jennifer Granholm, who is our energy secretary, and she's trying to run damage control right now. Now, remember that the entire Biden administration has been campaigning on green energy and green jobs. I had a Joe Biden tweet. I didn't put it in this show because I have so many different things. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to add it. I should have added, added it because he basically says, when I hear climate, I think of green jobs. And everyone's like, yeah, where are the jobs, Joe? Where are the jobs? Because as soon as you got into office, day one, you signed executive orders, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. That was 11,000 U.S. jobs that were gone. You continue to stifle the oil and gas leases on federal lands. Like I said, I'm going to explain all of this to you, but it's so funny to me to watch our energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, sit up here and say, well, this is because the oil and gas companies are really bad and they really need to start producing more oil, even though this entire administration has made it pretty much impossible for them. And we've told them that we're, we're really going to make them lose money in the long term. Just listen to this clip again, CNN actually holding this administration's feet to the fire because things have gotten that bad that CNN has to do real journalism now. Listen. Do you, five years from now, 10 years from now, are you telling me you want them drilling for more oil? You want the refineries putting out more gasoline in five or 10 years? What we're saying is today we need that supply increased. Of course, in five or 10 years, actually in, in the immediate, we are also pressing on the accelerator, if you will, to move toward clean energy so that we don't have to be under the thumb of petro dictators like Putin or at the whim of the volatility of fossil fuels. Ultimately, America will be most secure when we can rely mm -hmm. upon our own clean domestic production of energy. But that's through the problem solar, for these companies. Wind, these through, companies are saying, you know, you're asking me to do more now, invest more now, when in fact, five or 10 years from now, we don't think that demand will be there. And the administration doesn't even necessarily want it to be there. And let me just say, John, I'm John, I mean, we're, we really want to see us move to clean energy, but we also need to see this increase right now. And we are asking the oil and gas companies as well to diversify and make sure that part of that they become diversified energy companies to be able to produce other means of clean energy because they have huge deep pockets. They have a big ability to invest in the future as well as investing right now so that we don't see oil and gas causing the inflation numbers and people being hurt every day. 
for my podcast listeners that just deadpan staring into the camera because I just don't even know how to combat these lies anymore. Just kidding. We're about to combat them. But before we do, just to reiterate this entire administration's position on oil, gas, and energy, here's Peter Ducey asking our press secretary again, what were your guys' views on um, fossil fuels again? Let's listen. So I know the president once said that he was going to end fossil fuel. Is that now off the table? No, we are going to continue uh, to move forward with our uh, clean energy uh, proposal, our climate change uh, and, and so proposal. Okay, so that's the exact reason why America is in the state that it is right now. But no, they're going to still keep pushing forward. Don't worry, guys. Clearly, this plan already isn't working out very well. Uh, we're, what, a year and a half into Joe Biden's administration, and things are falling apart. We have a $5 national average for a gallon of gas. But for some reason, this administration still thinks, yeah, but it's just because, like, green energy, right? And, like, it's because they just want to, like, encourage people to, like, buy electric cars that yeah are powered by coal but like it's better for the environment like it's really not but it's okay just just do what we say peter ducey also asking jean pierre whatever her name is you know what it's just like i've got to the point with this administration where it's like i don't even want to memorize this press secretary's name because i really don't think she's going to last that long that her name is even worth memorizing to me um Peter Ducey asking another very important question. Uh, why isn't the president asking U.S. oil companies to drill more? Uh, let's see what she has to say about that. Ukraine. Okay. Why isn't the president asking oil companies to drill more here in the U.S.? Can, let me just let me just give you a little bit of a rundown of why we are here. Um, when, and just, what, I know his letter was a lot about refining and increasing refining, but that's a lot of oil that comes in from overseas. So why isn't he asking— so, companies to drill more here in the U.S.? Well, hold on. So here we go. So this is where we are. I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown of why we are here and what's going on and why we wrote the letter. So due to decreased demand at the start of the pandemic, U.S. oil refineries reduced their capacity by more than 800,000 barrels per day. Now that consumers' demand has returned, thanks to the president's recovery. Okay. And again, we're not going to listen to her entire long scripted lie that she has. And I did, I wanted to show you guys that portion and have you guys listen to her because first off, look at her body language. She's extremely uncomfortable. She's like blinking like a crazy person because she doesn't know how to respond to these things. She has to reference her binder and her scripted written response because she has no idea what she's doing. She has no idea what she's saying and she has no idea how to combat these lies. Now, what she is referring to is Joe Biden threatening to use federal government tools and emergency authorities to force oil companies to lower gas prices. This is from Blaze Media. President Joe Biden sent a letter to oil companies on Wednesday threatening to use these tools. He said at a time of war, historically high refinery profit margins being passed directly onto American families are not acceptable. He added that the administration was ready to use all reasonable and appropriate federal government tools and emergency authorities to increase refinery capacity. He went out on to point out an unprecedented disconnect between the price of gas and the price of oil. So he sent this letter to companies including ExxonMobil, Shell, BP, and Chevron. And those companies responded to Joe Biden because for some reason, Biden doesn't understand 
how these things work. Uh, so Harriet Hagman of Wyoming says, for high gas prices and inflation, Biden has blamed oil companies, Putin, COVID-19, and Republicans. And this is after he said inflation wasn't happening or that it was temporary. Now is when Wyoming's member of Congress should step up, but Liz Cheney is AWOL. She's running against Liz. If you're in Wyoming, check her out. Uh, per hot air, oil and gas industry responds to Biden's accusations. They are not impressed. Uh, so Basically, the American fuel and petrochemical manufacturers joined with the American Petroleum Institute in an effort to patiently explain to the president how the oil and gas industry actually works, as well as the challenges they are currently confronting, leading to significant supply side issues. Whether this sinks in or not remains to be seen. And they basically go on to talk about how... Um, the industry is dedicated to providing affordable, reliable, and sustainable fuels, but the global energy crunch has been focused on the crude oil supply, yet crude oil has no utilitarian value until it runs through a refinery and gets processed into fuels like wholesale gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Because of this, it's not an overstatement to say that energy sec security requires a strong refining sector. And then if you go into this article, because uh, of course, I'm just going to read this out to you. It says, um, we've seen, we've lost seven refineries in the past few years. Some were shut down while others were converted to process biofuels instead of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Lower refinery capacity means less of those products can be delivered each day, as the linked AFPM article explains. The refineries that went offline can't simply be restarted with the flip of a switch as Biden is demanding. It's a process that takes years. So again, the global oil market, very complex. Uh, it's a subject that Joe Biden doesn't seem to understand. And then we also had um, ExxonMobil coming out, basically saying, uh, because Joe Biden is like, oh, you know what? These oil companies are just uh, taking advantage of the American people. We had our press secretary saying that what oil companies are doing is unpatriotic and that they need to be patriotic and lower gas prices. ExxonMobil put out their own statement saying they've had regular contact with the administration to update the president on how ExxonMobil has been investing more than any other company to develop U.S. oil and gas supplies. This includes investments in the U.S. of more than $50 billion over the past five years, resulting in almost 50% increase in our U.S. production of oil during this period. Globally, they've invested um, double what they've earned over the past couple of years. And then they go into this, and this is the part we want to pay attention to. Specific to refining capacity in the U.S., we've been investing through the downturn to increase refining capacity to process U.S. light crude oil by about 250,000 barrels per day. We kept investing even during the pandemic when we lost more than $20 billion. In the short term, the U.S. government could enact measures often used in emergencies following hurricanes or other supply disruptions, such as waivers of Joan Act provisions and some fuel specifications to increase supplies. Longer term, the government can promote investment through clear and consistent policy that supports U.S. resource development, such as regular and predictably sales, as well as streamlined regulatory approval and support for infrastructure such as pipelines. So ExxonMobil came out swinging and said, you know what, Joe Biden, your administration is not going to lie about us and call us out in this letter when you are the entire reason why the gas and oil supply is where it is today. We also have Michael Schellenberger, who uh, focuses in on these issues. This is from his Substack, And I want to focus in on this paragraph right here. Um, so it says, 
It's not clear how antagonizing American oil and gas companies will result in more production and lower prices. U.S. refineries are already operating at 94% of their capacity, and Exxon, again, invested that $50 billion over the last five years to expand oil production by 50%. And said the CEO of a large publicly traded energy company who asked to remain anonymous, Biden's attacks on the industry have created an uncertain environment that prevents investment. So when our energy secretary goes up and says, well, well, it's because we need these oil companies to start producing more oil and they need to start investing in producing more oil. The same administration is then telling them, but also we're going to shut you down and make sure that you lose money and that we ruin your company. So that's what we're currently going through right now with the energy sector. OK, <laughs> one of my favorite movies is Zoolander and Mufasa, one of the characters in there. I think that's his name. Mugatu. Mufasa's Lion King. Sorry. Mugatu is like, am I taking crazy pills? And he like just goes crazy. And that's me every single time I read the news and I look at the Biden administration, try to explain why our country is currently in the state that it's in. I'm like, am I taking freaking crazy pills? Am I the only person in America with common sense? Like what the hell is going on? Am I the crazy one here? No, we're not crazy. Joe Biden and his entire administration are just such liars and they're such idiots that they're literally like, yeah, um, Exxon Mobil, if you could, um, start producing more oil, uh, that'd be great. I know that we immediately in getting on office, campaigned on green energy and told you to stop producing oil for, uh, you know, green energy and climate change. And we hate you, by the way, but we need you to produce more oil because you are evil and you're ruining America right now single handedly. Like, why are you doing this to us? That's the Biden administration. And. Controlled collapse, okay? Controlled collapse. The energy sector is not the only thing that's going bad. The economy and inflation rates are not the only thing that we're facing. We are also in the potential crosshairs of a food shortage and food crisis. We are in the crosshairs, actually. From Zero Hedge, we are teetering on the edge. Food shortage worries mount as Pennsylvania farms crushed by record diesel prices. So do you guys see how all of these things are connected? On my last show, I showed a picture um, that a semi-truck driver had taken of how much it costs to fill up his truck. It costs $1,400. And his caption was basically, the consumer is going to be paying for this. If you're wondering why your food prices are higher, it's because diesel prices are higher and all of these things are interconnected. Pennsylvania farmers are being crushed by the record cost of diesel, so much so that questions about a food crisis are starting to loom, the morning call reported. One farmer in Leahy County is quoted as saying, I've got a tractor hooked up to my corn planter out here, no diesel fuel, and I can't afford to get any. That farmer was airing his gripes to Kyle Kotzmoyer, a legislative affairs specialist for Pennsylvania's Farm Bureau. Kotzmoyer then turned around and testified to state lawmakers. We have reached the point to where it is very close to being a sinking ship. We are teetering on the edge right now. The situation looks as though it will continue to push food prices higher after the government reported that food prices in May were 10.1% higher than last year. The Pennsylvania average for diesel is now 6.19 per gallon, up about 75% from a year ago. One farmer who works on about 3,500 acres burns through about 2,000 gallons of diesel per month. He said if the farmers cannot get crops out of the ground, then there's no food on the shelves. And if you think that's the only issue that we're facing, we're also dealing with uh, stuff like this. For my podcast listeners, um, what I'm currently showing on screen 
is apparently an estimated 10,000 head of cattle that died due to, and I quote, extreme heat and humidity in Kansas. One of my good friends, Robbie Starbucks, says they did not die of extreme heat. I talked to multiple ranchers since I saw this video, one even from Kansas, and they all say this needs to be investigated ASAP to get to the bottom of this because there's no way a heat wave caused 10,000 plus cattle to drop dead. This is not normal. And that's not all, folks. That's not all. On top of these 10,000 cattle just dropping dead because for some reason, apparently Kansas got hot for the first time in history. That's not, that, that was me being facetious, by the way. On top of that, we have a record number of food processing plants, grain silos, uh, warehouses, feed processing plants, baby formula uh, processing plants, burning down, flooding, experiencing weird anomalies. I saw this tweet and I don't know where this graph comes from, so I cannot verifiably say if it is true or not, but what the graph shows is a huge uptick in the amount of food processing plants, grain silo fires, destroyed cattle, poultry, and hogs, warehouse fires, feed processing plants, and uh, you know all these things lost. So total number of events you have from 2019 to 2022, and you have them just skyrocketing, kind of looks like uh, Joe Biden's uh, election or votes on election night in 2020 just kind of like skyrockets out of nowhere and I was like okay I don't know where this graph came from it's interesting but where did this come from and then I found this gateway pundit article and they actually had been cataloging every single warehouse fire every single weird anomaly with processing plants I believe the list is about 75 long I'm gonna read from the list for you so you are all aware of where we're currently at um, this headline reads another blow to the US food market fire breaks out at a food processing plant west of Wapaka County in Wisconsin a fire ignited inside a food manufacturing facility in the town of Belmont Belmont, uh, near the Portage, Wapaka County, Wisconsin on Monday. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Multiple fire departments responded to the fire. The company owner and president said the cause of the fire is still under investigation. The crew tried to put out the fire for almost nine hours. So we have a, another food plant burning down. And again, I want to show you this list that the Gateway Pundit has compiled. Please share this with all of your friends, share it on your social media, because people need to see that from January of 2021 to now, we have had, yes, their list is 99 fires and damage, destruction, impacted uh plants long. So again, number one, we're starting off in January of 2021. A fire destroys a 75,000 square foot processing plant. Then we go to, I'm just going to scroll down all the way to number 38. We have March of 2022. Firefighters from numerous towns are battling a major fire at a potato processing uh, facility. Uh, remember that I reported to you guys that one of the major egg processing facilities recently burned down. We have these 10,000 cows that just dropped dead. So this is what we're currently looking at right now. I never reported on this story, but I wanted to. Uh, in April 
On April 29th of this year, 5 million honeybees died because a flight was carrying the honeybees accidentally rerouted and then 5 million of these honeybees died. Um, you have chickens destroyed, uh, turkeys destroyed, ducks destroyed. Let's see what else. And then uh, irrigation water was canceled in California and a storage water flushed directly out to the Delta. That was another thing that I meant to bring up when I was talking about California's water shortage. They just poured fresh water into the ocean. Maybe there was a reason behind it. I will investigate it, but it's just very weird how all of these things are happening. And we continue to have fires breaking out at these food processing plants. I believe it was in Canada where we had a train full of fertilizer just derail. All the fertilizer was spilled out on the ground. Very strange anomalies. I'd love to know what is happening. I would love to investigate this. So if you're a farmer or rancher or you know a farmer or rancher who has experienced this or maybe can explain to me what's going on, please leave their contact down below or reach me at savsayscontact at gmail.com because I want to get to the bottom of this. This is many anomalies and the majority of these things happening in 2022. It's weird. It's very weird. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial with this. I'm just saying... I wouldn't put it past the government to burn down our food supply to make us all suffer and make us more subservient to them. Again, I've created a video called These Are the Reasons Why I Don't Trust the Government. One of my favorites is the prohibition poisonings, right? During the prohibition, the government was uh, poisoning alcohol, denatured alcohol that they knew people were going to resell in an attempt to get people to stop drinking, illegally drinking alcohol. So they decided to poison it. It killed up to 10,000 people. So the government will stop nothing short of murdering you to get what they want. In regards to this situation, who knows what that might be. The, again, controlled collapse. Uh, if the government controls our food supply, they control us and they do. The government controls a lot um, of our lives. And that's why so many people say, you know, have emergency food supply, go get your own farm, go buy your own property if you can. But unfortunately, because of organizations like BlackRock, it's impossible to even own a home in modern day America. Uh, Bill Gates, one of the largest owners of farmland in the U.S., which is super weird because he continues to push synthetic meats and uh, yeah, all of these weird vegan things and says that we need to stop eating steaks. So a lot of weird anomalies with this. Just wanted to bring to your attention. Go read that Gateway Pundit article for yourself if you think I'm crazy. They have listed and cataloged out every single one of these weird anomalies, these burned down uh, food processing plants. Uh, on top of that, we also have the Abbott Baby Formula Factory. That's shut down again because of flooding. I thought I had that article up. I don't, unfortunately, but go look into that one as well. We had that plant shut down. Um because of the FDA, and now it's shut down again because of flooding. So what's going on, Joe Biden? What's going on, January 6th committee? Do you guys maybe want to utilize some of the uh, government time, money, energy, and resources that you're using for the J6 straight up BS and maybe, you know, re reposition that and focus in on the issues that are actually affecting Americans? No, you just want to send a billion to Ukraine? Okay, got it. So. We talked about the economy, RAP to us. 
We talked about the inflation rates. We talked about the food supply just going down. And now we're going to talk about the border because guess what? A part of the controlled collapse is flooding our country with millions of illegals that are also coming in and, um, you know, using up our food supply as well, to be quite honest with you, using up our resources as well, using up our money. We pay so much in taxes and it goes towards illegal immigration every single year. And I just want to highlight for you guys what some of those numbers are looking like. Per Bill Malusian, um, Custom and Customs and Border Patrol report, there were 239,416 migrant encounters at the southern border in May. Another modern record. Keep in mind that those are the ones that they actually encountered. Border Patrol, not counting the gotaways with that as well. From Ali Bradley TV, an unprecedented, again, over two, basically 240,000 illegal immigrants crossed the southwestern border in May. More than half, 165,200, were single adults who came without family, 14,699 unaccompanied minors, and 100,699 expelled under Title 42. So that's what we're looking at at our border currently. Um... Another one of the issues happening is that at the border, the cartel runs rampant. There's a lot of crime. There's multiple shootings. Our National Guard and our Border Patrol are targets for the cartel and the, you know, uh, corrupt officials of the Mexican government all the time. I know because I have gone down there. I'm actually headed to Yuma this Sunday to go cover what's happening in Arizona because the border is getting crazy over there. These places are hot spots for criminal activity. And Border Patrol agents, National Guard agents have died trying to save people from drowning, trying to protect the border, per Bill Malusian. Per sources, the gang member who fatally shot two El Monte PD officers last night was on probation for felon with a firearm after he received a bare minimum sentence in a plea deal under LADA Georgia Gascon last year, despite having a previous strike on his record. And let me make sure. Okay, I actually might have incorrectly tied this to the border. I thought that this was an illegal immigrant. I may, let me see. He actually might not be an illegal immigrant. So my apologies on misreporting that to you, unlike CNN. If I make a mistake, I will immediately correct the record. Um, but the point on this one being um, that the illegal immigrants that are coming into our country, because the majority of them do have a criminal record, uh, a lot of them for raping and sexually assaulting children, for being a part of the cartel or MS-13, they're coming into our country. And then the soft on crime DAs like George Gascon, who was, again, financed by George Soros, then just let these criminals back out onto the streets of America. Jesse Kelly makes a very great point. He says, not a single Republican talks about revoking the citizenship of George Soros and having him deported. The man has declared war on America. He's funding the violence and he's doing it in the open and we do nothing. He makes a very important point here because did you know that George Soros is banned from Hungary because he was trying to collapse their country as well? Yeah, he's not allowed over there. But for some reason, George Soros is allowed to openly finance the destruction and criminal activity that is allowed to prosper in our country. Now, I just fed you guys a lot of black pills, a lot of reality, but we're going to 
We're going to lighten the mood a little bit here with a historic win. Now, this is my good friend, Myra Flores from, uh, where, where did I meet her at? Del Rio last year. Now, last year I was with my friend Jorge Ventura of the Daily Caller, and we were interviewing Myra Flores when she was running for Congress, and she has made history. Elon Musk voted for her. I believe this was his first Republican vote. He voted for her in Texas special election, and she also flipped her seat for the first time in 150 years. For the first time in 150 years, the Rio Grande Valley voters are sending a Republican to represent them in Washington, D.C., and that Republican is Myra Flores. So good job on her on um, flipping that seat. Absolutely incredible. And we are going to continue to see more of this, especially from the Hispanic community that lives in border towns, because they are tired of the illegal immigration. They are tired of not even being able to utilize their own property. There's so many ranchers on the border who will talk to reporters and say, you know what, I can't even enjoy my own land because it's a hotspot for illegal activity. The cartel is walking through my land with guns and I, I'm not even safe on my own property. I was even talking to a couple people who were saying in their neighborhoods, the cartels walk around with machetes and they just buy homes in their neighborhoods. So that's what's allowed to prosper at these border cities and the people are getting tired of it and there will be a huge red wave incoming on top of Elon voting for Myra. He's also encouraging Ron DeSantis to run for president in 2024. Again, Elon Musk, say what you will about him, love or hate the man. He is one of the most powerful and influential men in modern day America. His voice and opinion does matter. And when he endorses candidates like Myra Flores, when he endorses people like Ron DeSantis, it shows a, pos a positive push in the right direction for our country. And, uh, again, just to reiterate how horribly the Democrats are flopping, not even AOC is willing to back Joe Biden anymore. I can't believe I'm playing my third CNN clip for the night. The third one. But listen to, uh, I believe this is, I can't remember her name. I don't pay attention to CNN at all. Um, this is just another CNN pundit asking AOC, hey, are you going to endorse Joe Biden in 2024? And this, AOC's response is basically the entire Democrat Party regarding Joe Biden just being in office currently. Uh, listen to her response. I just want to ask uh, about President Biden. He is saying he's going to run again in 2024. Will you support him? You know, if the president chooses uh, to run again in 2024, I mean, first of all, I'm focused on winning this majority right now. Uh, and preserving a majority this year in 2022. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But um, but I think if if the president has a vision, and that's something certainly we're all willing to entertain and examine when the when the time comes. That's not a yes. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we should okay. endorse when we get to it. But I, I, I believe that the president has been doing a very good job uh, so far. And, um, you know, should he run again? I think that I, you know, I think it's it's, We'll take a look at it. Okay, <laughs> but right now we need to focus on winning a majority instead of a president. <laughs> well, take a look at it. Please don't make me answer any more questions, CNN. <laughs> Please don't make me endorse Joe Biden on TV. I hate him at AOC. Last CNN clip I'm going to play for you guys. Again, I titled this show, Things Are So Bad That Even CNN Has to Tell the Truth, uh, because that's what's happening. We had the press secretary on with uh, Don Lemon, of all people. And even Don's starting to ask real questions because he's like, homegirl, 
This ain't a good look for anybody. Are we really, are we really thinking that Joe Biden has the mental stamina to push forward in 2024? Listen to this exchange. It's incredible. Does the president have the stamina physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, it, he I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is uh, I, I, I that is not a question that we should be even asking. Yes, it is. We should be asking that question because Joe Biden has dementia. We all see it. And the homeboy doesn't even know where he is half the time. And again, just to give you the cherry on top of the big degradation of America Sunday that the Biden administration continues to serve up to us every single day. What are our elected official officials focused in on? Let's take a peek in on Gavin Newsom, whose entire state is, uh, you know, pretty much about to fall into the ocean and everyone hates him and is moving away. What's he focused in on, guys? Let's take a peek. Oh, I just joined Trump's Truth Social because I'm going to be calling out Republican lies. This could get interesting. My first post, breaking down America's red state murder problem. That is so freaking rich. Gavin Newsom, you want to talk about red states murder problems. It will be really fun for us to maybe do a comparison of these statistics of one, how many people are moving out of California right now? I wonder why. Two, the amount of people who get chased by homeless people going to their cars after work. And again, I've reported on this. I've gone out on the streets of LA. And the fact that in one hour, I could make an entire report out of multiple people being like, yeah, a homeless guy chased me with a stick to my car the other day. It was pretty scary. The fact that I had multiple people in the, the course of an hour telling me pretty much the same stories. And by the way, the two women who were saying that they both got chased by a homeless man were employees of the DA in Los Angeles. So Gavin Newsom, just like the rest of the Democratic Party and all of our politicians, focused in on issues that don't matter. You think Gavin Newsom cares about his constituents in California? You think Gavin Newsom cares about making things better for his people or for his state? No, he's too busy going on Donald Trump's truth social because he's a narcissistic fool. okay? These people don't care about you. And if you think that it's just the left wing, that's bad. No, it's the right wing as well. We have a leaked text from Sean Hannity and Kaylee McEnany, former press secretary, who was, you know, she was really great when she she was our press secretary. But um, these leaked texts read Sean Hannity saying, me too, Eric and Laura were great. Also, Jared, key now, no more crazy people. Kaylee McEnany says, yes, 100%. Sean Hannity goes on to say, no more stolen election talk. Yes, impeachment and 25th Amendment are real and many people will quit. He was intrigued by the pardon idea. Hunter, resistant, but listened to Pence thoughts to make it right, seemed to like attending inauguration thoughts. So we're going to focus in on number one and number three. Apparently, Sean Hannity asked Donald Trump to pardon Hunter Biden. And then, of course, number one, no more stolen election talk, because, of course, that's not popular with the mainstream. And that's just crazy. Only crazy people say that. So good job, Kaylee McEnany and Sean Hannity, for um, really showing your true colors and 
showing us and making us all very aware that you're not going to fight for the people and you're not going to investigate the things that the people have questions about. That is the job of the media. It is not the job of the media to tell you what to think, to tell you what to believe. It is the job of the media to ask hard questions and to uncover the truth in society. And if election integrity is something that the American people are questioning, then it is the media's responsibility to come forward and investigate it. But of course, Sean Hannity and Kaylee McEnany think that you're crazy if you want to question that. Now let's go into the culture portion of our show tonight. It's going to be a long one. We're about probably 20 minutes away from the end. So thank you guys for sticking with me. Now, of course, the potential overturn of Roe v. Wade has the pro-abortion domestic terrorists out in full force. I was out in front of SCOTUS on Monday and it was 8 a.m. and I was at a climate change, pro-abortion, anti-gun, pro-indigenous black woman March. It was so chaotic. It was funny because there was another journalist there. There was multiple journalists there from a bunch of different outlets. I look at this one guy, he's probably, he was British, so he's probably with like the BBC or something. I don't know. I just made that up. Not him being British, just him working for the BBC, but he was working for a news organization. That's the point. I look at him and I was like, how would you describe this? And he just goes, a, a cluster F, a cluster F. Yeah. I'm trying not to curse, but he he said the full word and I just laughed and I was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on right now. And he was like, me either. Um, you can find that reporting on my Instagram. My Twitter since been deleted, but go follow me on Instagram at sad with one N. It was crazy. You had your pro-lifers, you had your pro-abortion domestic terrorists out in full force. Of course, the abortion side looked hideous as always. They were obese, ugly, demonic women who were like rubbing weird like period blood stains on their pants and saying that this is what's going to happen if Roe is overturned. These people are crazy. And one of my favorite things that I witnessed there was um, this white woman screaming at the pro-lifers saying that abortion saves black women's lives and that if we overturn Roe, black women will die and that we hate black people. And it's so funny every single time I hear these types of things because it's like, so you have no idea that statistically the black community is the most aborted, the most killed and targeted community. You're probably not aware that the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was a eugenicist who wanted black people eradicated. So technically, Planned Parenthood doing a great job in that. So it's hilarious to me when white liberals come forward and say black people are going to die if we outlaw abortion. It's actually going to be the exact opposite. The black communities will live and they will prosper if we outlaw abortion. Of course, in society today, we have these straight-up domestic terrorists targeting pro-life centers, and I want to show you guys what that has looked like. Now, this is from a group called Jane's Revenge, and you have all of these crisis pregnancy centers across the nation that have been targeted, burned down. Remember that in Buffalo, one of these pro-life pregnancy centers was firebombed. These are the pictures, um, graffiti is being written, uh, you aren't safe. If abortion isn't safe, you aren't either. And then you have their entire statement, which reads, you have seen that we are real and that we are not merely pushing empty words. As we are said, we are not one group, but many. You have seen us in Wisconsin, Colorado, Washington, Iowa, DC, New York, Florida, Texas, Oregon, among others. And we work in countless locations invisibly. So they go on to say that if these pro-life centers, these pregnancy centers that are trying to help women who want to keep their baby, if they don't cease to exist, they will target them, they will firebomb them. And I want to read this paragraph to you here because 
you think that we would have like a Department of Homeland Security or like a Department of Justice that would actually, um, you know, focus on real domestic terrorism, but we don't. Um, this is probably what they should hear, uh, but are too busy focused in on J6 to care about. From here forward, any anti-choice group who closes their doors and stops operating will no longer be a target. But until you do, it's open season, and we know where your operations are. The infrastructure of the enslavers will not survive. We will never stop, back down, slow down, or retreat. We did not want this, but it is upon us, and so we must deal with it proportionally. We exist in confluence and solidarity with all others in these struggles for complete liberation. And they go on to say... Uh, where's the part that I'm looking for? Because they basically, the part that I, this is like an entire, here it is right here. It's an entire long, ridiculous statement, but this is the part I want to highlight. Rest assured that we will, and those measures may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Sometimes you will see what we do and you will know that it is us. Sometimes you will think you were merely unlucky because you cannot see the ways which we interfere in your affairs. But they're basically threatening violence against these pro-life pregnancy centers and saying, if you don't shut down, it's open season. I'm using their own words. It's open season on these uh, pregnancy centers. So an actual domestic terrorist group, that's what that would actually be categorized as. But unfortunately for us, our DOJ is fake, our DHS is fake, and the only thing that they're concerned about is targeting the law-abiding average American citizen who just wants to be left alone and doesn't want their child indoctrinated um, with sexually explicit books in their schools. Remember, all of those parents targeted by our DOJ and called domestic terrorists because they were upset that their children were being targeted and indoctrinated by the state. So... Just to give you guys another reiteration of how the government is not for the people in any way, shape, or form. And also, going back to my, am I taking crazy pills mentality here, here is Nancy Pelosi who espouses to be Catholic and pro-abortion. Just listen to this nonsense. I'm a very Catholic person, and I believe in every woman's right to make her own decisions. Any other questions on another subject? Because I'm not going to be talking about that anymore. Hmm? So there's the rampant hypocrisy of the Democratic Party. And the reason why I wanted to play that, too, is because these people are an upside down land where they're like, yeah, I'm a pro-abortion Catholic. Yeah, I'm a green energy pushing politician who's mad that these oil companies are now not producing more oil, even though I made it impossible for them to produce more oil and told them to stop producing more oil. I just it's ridiculous. Before we go into um, <laughs> more of our culture news, I had to play you guys this video, and, and this is such uh, an incredible clip, okay? So this guy goes to a pro-abortion march and asks them how they feel about bodily autonomy. Let's listen to about 30 seconds of this. It's incredible. What's important is bodily autonomy, the same right men have always had. We just want equal rights. The right to govern our own bodies, just like men have always had. It's that simple. Do you support the right for people to not get the COVID vaccine? It's irrelevant. Right? My body, my choice. You're right. It's not irrelevant. Yeah, but one saves lives. You're right. It's One's not irrelevant. One of them is going to be in a pandemic state, right? A state of emergency, which we all know laws change during a state of emergency. Do you agree with this, the statement or the, the principle of my body, my choice? Yes, absolutely. Bodily autonomy is a human right. Healthcare is a human right. Um, right, right, right. 
access to health care should be, not be something that is dictated by the Supreme Court. During the pandemic, did you support people's right to not get the COVID vaccine? It's a difficult conversation. Do you These people are idiots, point blank. There you guys go. I love that this individual went and made this video and asked these people this question. This is something I wanted to do myself, but I'm very aggressive when I ask my questions. So sometimes it's hard for me to uh, press people on their opinions without turning it into like a back and forth, which, you know, that's why I've been trying to just let people talk with my footage, which still gets banned because they expose themselves. That's why libs of TikTok is being targeted by Twitter employees as well. Speaking of Twitter, Elon Musk had a meeting with his future Twitter employees today. And uh, I want to focus in on um, one portion of what he said here. Basically, users should be allowed to say what they want on Twitter. Now, apparently there were leaked Slack messages between Twitter employees who were saying that, one, Libs of TikTok needs to be taken down because they are getting people targeted in the LGBTQ community because of what happened here in Dallas, right? Uh, Libs of TikTok promoted the drag queen brunch for kids and then conservatives showed up and shut it down. And so all the Twitter employees were like, OMG, like people are going to get killed because of Libs of TikTok. Like we need to ban this account immediately. And Elon Musk is like, yeah, users should be allowed to say whatever the hell they want on Twitter. And when it comes to legal but potentially harmful speech, Musk told Twitter employees that people should be allowed to say what they want. And this is why Twitter is absolutely terrified because they do not want Elon Musk to swoop in and reverse all of the shadow banning, all of the censorship that they have been complicit in. Myself, again, I have been banned by Twitter for the third time in a row. And if you say, well, sad, you can't do a ban evasion. Duh, you're going to get deleted. My first Twitter account was deleted deleted for no reason. They still haven't told me why my first one was initially banned. So Twitter employees, mark my damn words. I'm coming for each and every one of you and I'm getting my account back. Elon's going to take over and I'm getting my account back. I will continue to break news and expose your asses. Now, this is why Twitter employees have to censor libs of TikTok, have to censor the right wing because we're bringing light to the issues the the, uh, the the things that matter, right? With the LGBTQ community. We're highlighting the truthful portion of this issue that the left tries to hide. They don't want it brought to light. They don't want a, a light shown on these types of issues because they know it will completely destroy everything that they stand for, everything that they lie to us about, just like the Biden administration. If you actually press these people on these issues, I played you that clip from Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? He's interviewing some he, she, it, they, them. And Matt Walsh goes, what is the truth? And the guy goes, the truth, that's really transphobic. I just, I feel really attacked when you ask me the truth, what that is and what that means. That's who these people are. They are entitled and they have been allowed to rule for far too long and their day is coming for them. Mark my words. Let me show you exactly what I'm talking about in regards to what they've been censoring. Chad Felix Green says, you think it's frustrating, devastating, and maddening to see what progressive medical officials and LGBT advocates are doing to children. Wait until the government demands your child is trans and your rejection of gender-affirming care is child abuse. Now, this is already happening. So this is a story from the Washington Examiner. 
This woman posts this in response to Chad Felix Green's tweet and says, I hugged a mom this happened to. A mom who lost custody of her daughter because DFS insisted transitioning is the only way to keep her alive, but her mom wanted her to get mental health care. Her daughter committed suicide shortly after she transitioned, and I went and read that story, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. The state basically came in and said, oh, your daughter is transgender. The daughter transitioned, and then the daughter walked in front of a train and killed herself afterwards. The LGBTQ community loves to talk about the high suicide rates in their community, and they like to blame it on the discrimination that they experience. They're not discriminated against in any way, shape, or form. Unfortunately, we're still in the month of June, which has been subverted by this entire community. They are backed by every mainstream media entity. They're backed by every single mainstream corporation. They're backed by the freaking NFL. There's even, I think, Chevron put out a gay gas ad. Like, are you kidding me? They're not discriminated or targeted in any way, shape, or form. They're the most protected class in the U.S. When I was in Washington, D.C., flying underneath the American flag on our Treasury Department was the LGBTQ flag. And on multiple federal buildings in Washington, D.C., the LGBTQ flag flies. Why? Because we have been conquered by this community. They rule us, which is why we're not allowed to speak about them. Instagram deleted multiple of my videos because... I simply went and asked members of the pride community what their pronouns were, and they looked like idiots. They exposed themselves. And because people were laughing in the comments, Instagram took down my reel, where again, all I said was, what do I identify as? And people responded, they took it down for hate speech. They took it down for hate speech. So there you guys go. I've gotten to the point with my reporting where I can't even be neutral and report on the pride community because they are a laughing stock. And if we laugh at them, Twitter bans it for hate speech. Why are they a laughing stock? Because of videos like this one. And why do they need to be kept away from children? Why do children need to be protected from this class of people? So this is a woman who has dissociative identity disorder. I'm going to walk you guys through this video. I had to watch it twice because I was confused by it. Let me explain it. And then I'll actually play it for you so you guys understand what's going on. So this woman has two personalities. One is K. It goes by she, her, and it's 30 years old. The other is Landon, he, him, that's 19 years old and is the primary protector. These two personalities are in this one woman. Somebody asked, do your kids know about your DID? And if they do, can they tell the difference between your alters, which is this woman's split personality disorder? Now, she has a five-year-old child who doesn't grasp it. So apparently, in the video, she says, we don't mask in front of her. We referring to her and her other personality. Now, the most disturbing part of this clip is at the beginning, for my podcast listeners, she's her, she, her personality. And then at the end, this person is the he, him personality. Listen to the difference in the voice. It's terrifying. Listen and watch this clip. What's my name? Mama. You're right. So that's her her personality. Do I love you? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the voice. I couldn't She's communicating internally with Landon, who is her male side. And now Landon's about to come out. What's my name? Mama. Yeah. Do I love you? Mm. Yeah. Are you cute? Mm. Are you smart? Yeah. 
That is the most disturbing clip I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm sorry if I, this YouTube video gets deleted for me saying that. I literally do not care. This five-year-old child is being raised by a person with split personality disorder and is being taught that it's not only normal, but needs to be respected. And why is society like this today? Because of people like Lizzo, and I, I want to make <sighs> clear why these mentally ill people are so entitled. So apparently Lizzo had a song called Girls, and she changed the lyrics to her song after backlash over an ableist slur. She's quoted saying, I never want to promote derogatory language as a fat black woman in America. I've had many hurtful words used against me, so I understand the power words can have. The ableist slur was spaz. Now, Rain Wilson, who plays Dwight from The Office, a beloved character, also came out today and said, I made a joke about chest feeding versus breastfeeding, and I want to apologize. I've since educated myself and blah, blah, blah. The reason why these mentally ill people are so entitled and think that their feelings matter in any way, shape, or form and that we should capitulate to their complete insanity is because of dumbass celebrities like Rain Wilson and Lizzo who keep on apologizing for mental illness. How many people heard Lizzo's song and thought spaz was an ableist slur? I didn't even know that was an ableist slur. What, two people in America got their feelings hurt so she changed her entire song and put out this long apology? We need to stop babying these people. These are grown adults who are mentally ill. And I was thinking about this earlier because I was like, you know what? I would like to one day have my own uh, speaking events where I go and I talk to people. That'd be so fun. And I was thinking about how Ben Shapiro does this often and how there was this one black dude that came up and was speaking in the mic and Ben Shapiro was trying to talk and he was like, um, excuse me, I'm still talking. And I was thinking about that and I was like, how would I handle that situation? And I would genuinely, if anybody ever spoke to me that way, be like, you're, you're done, get, get out. I would tell them to turn off their mic and I would tell them, your parents clearly didn't discipline you or teach you respect, so I'm going to do it right now. I don't know who the hell you think you are to speak to me that way, but you're a nobody. I was a nobody at one point too, and I worked my way up to get to be here on this stage in life. And guess what? I didn't do it by being disrespectful to people, so get out. I can't wait for the day that that happens where someone tries to come and be disrespectful for me and I just shut them down and teach them a damn lesson because guess what? Your parents should have gotten the chancla on you and taught you some things, and since they didn't, I'll do it for them. So I was just thinking about that earlier today, wishful thinking. And um, before we wrap up the culture segment of this, um, these are the people allowed to walk around in society. And um, this woman named Joan Ford for Congress in Arkansas, she tweets this out. Just so we're all aware of, again, where we have gotten to as a society. I lost my connection on here, so I'm just going to have to tell you what this tweet says. It says, minor attracted people have rights too, aka pedophiles. What a minor attracted person is, is somebody who is sexually attracted to children. And this woman who is running for Congress in Arkansas is saying they have rights too. And then you had Governor Tom Wolf of, I believe, Pennsylvania. Yep. He puts out this graphic about red flag gun laws. And the what, what is seen in this graphic is how to prevent mass shootings. 
Now, the reason why I put these two tweets together is because this is what this graphic reads. This is Jane. Jane's social media contact, Randy, posts photos of guns and cryptic messages. Jane calls the police to report the post. The police petition in court to temporarily, to temporarily remove Randy's guns. Please provide evidence that Randy is a danger to himself and others. The court agrees to a temporary removal of Randy's weapons. That's how red gun flag... Uh, red flag gun laws work. And Governor Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania is posting this to his Twitter as this beautiful and amazing thing. Now, the reason why I show you this right after the minor attracted persons have rights to tweet is because if you, as a parent, say, okay, you, uh, you're you sexually attracted to my kid, uh, you know, maybe post a meme of you uh, cocking a gun saying, if you ever come for my children, I will kill you. I will shoot you. Guess what's going to happen? Jane's going to call the police and say, yeah, um, I'm a minor attracted person. And this um, parent just told me that they're going to um, potentially take my life if I try to come for their child. And I think you should take their guns away. And then the cops are going to come and take away your guns. That's how red flag law works. Red flag laws work. And that's why Democrats and liberals want to push that because they don't want you to be able to uh, protect your children and protect your family one day, to be quite honest with you. Uh, from Reuters as well, pardon, Washington Examiner, Chris Evans apparently voiced uh, the character in the new Buzz Lightyear movie and the main characters shared a same-sex kiss. Now, the UAE has since banned this film over the same-sex relationship of characters. And my question to America is, why is it that these other countries see that this is inappropriate for children and are banning it from their country in an effort to protect their kids? Meanwhile, here in America, the LGBTQ community is such a protected class that if you speak out against them, you're going to be charged with a hate crime. We need to look to other countries. Like, other countries have it right. I believe it's in... Nigeria, where if you're a pedophile, you just get castrated or immediately get the death sentence if you rape a child. That's what we should be doing here in America. But for some reason, we have a soft spot for pedophilia. It's uh, it's pretty weird. Now, another one of the things that um, we've been soft on in this country is holding corrupt government officials accountable. Twitter again swooping in and banning, permanently suspending people who are pushing back against Pfizer's own press release, okay? Not even pushing back, just posting Pfizer's own press release. So um, apparently this Twitter account, Galaxy Brain, was suspended on Twitter for citing Pfizer's own press release. The tweet read, Today, FDA advisors voted unanimously to approve Pfizer's three-dose vaccine for children six months to five years old. Parents need to know that Pfizer's claim of 80% efficacy is based on just 10 COVID cases. After the third dose in the trial, 10 cases, that's it. How is this not a scandal? And then that entire Twitter account was deleted because they cited Pfizer's own press release and documents. Let's go even further to highlight what the average American is dealing with. Because remember, um, Justin Bieber randomly got this weird disease that is um, tied to, uh, what's it called? It starts with an S. Um, it's not chicken pox. It's the adult version of chicken pox. And a lot of people were saying that it gets re-ignited, if you will, if you get vaccinated. But anyways, that's what happened to Justin Bieber. And half of his face is now drooping. And also remember Haley Bieber as well suffered from a small stroke 
which is really weird. Shingles, thank you to the person in the chat who just said that. Shingles, so apparently um, that's kind of what his disease is tied to. Shingles, people have tied shingles to the vaccination. I didn't know a lot of weird stuff happening. Justin Bieber was also very adamant on forcing anybody who attended his shows to be vaccinated, just to give you an idea of what he and Haley Bieber probably thought of that product. And now they're both suffering. Uh, and what's the average modern day America dealing with? Uh, Jada on Twitter says, my hairdresser died of an aneurysm over the weekend. She was 28. My BIL had a heart attack yesterday. He needs a stent. He's 41. And uh, my brother-in-law, I was like, what's BIL? Her brother-in-law had a heart attack, needs a stent. His, her sister-in-law had a stillborn. And the one thing they all had in common was that they were all triple vaxxed. Per the Gateway Pundit, 40-year-old British Columbia man diagnosed with the Julian Barre syndrome is awarded compensation for vaccine injury. But of course, that's not a story that you're going to hear from the mainstream media. Let's keep speeding through from the Daily Mail. Illinois Representative Sean Caston issued statement saying he doesn't know how daughter Gwen, 17, died after going to bed Sunday night, but that her passing was peaceful. So sudden adult death syndrome is uh, a big thing that's been happening lately. I'd never heard about this in my life. Now it's just popped up out of nowhere. I wonder what the uh, missing variable of this not being an issue before and it being an issue now is, I don't know. I think we could use our common sense and find out. Finally, um, if you think that any of our governmental organizations that are tasked with handling diseases or viruses or our health in any way, shape, or form actually care, the World Health Organization is going to be renaming monkeypox to uh, minimize stigma and racism. Many people asking, isn't it racist to immediately think that the name monkeypox is racist? It's kind of weird that, you know, you're, you're kind of being racist by saying it's racist, whatever. And then finally, from CNN again, I said, uh, you know, we're done with the CNN clips, but CNN's telling the truth, so we'll highlight it here. Per CNN, creeping surveillance, China's QR health codes were supposed to protect people from COVID. Now they're being used to shut down protests. Who could have ever thought that that was going to happen? I have no idea. And with that, I am wrapping up this episode of Rapid Fire. It was a long one, but thank you for sticking with me. We got through each and every news story, and I truly appreciate you all for always listening to the show and always supporting it. Again, you can find it on podcasts, anywhere podcasts are streamed. Please do go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow in the chart. If you're here on YouTube, like, subscribe, share. Remember, you can find me on Rumble as well because YouTube has already taken down four of my shows on this platform. Please go follow me on Truth Social at Sav Says and Instagram at Sav with one N if you want to keep up with my on-the-ground reporting as it is happening in live time. And of course, links down below to support me and my reporting. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me for another episode. Truly, your support means the world to me. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I'll see you for the next episode.